0: Hello everyone, it's Dr. Paula McDonald, and today we are going to dive into a topic called spiritual blindness. And so recently, I was recording my other podcast called Exhale Bible Discovery, where I'm teaching the book of John, and recently recorded chapter 9 that tells the story of the man who was born blind. And this story is so fascinating that I thought it would be great to share some of the main principles from this chapter to this Live Today podcast with you. It is fascinating, you guys, so buckle up. And the story of Jesus and the blind men are so relevant today as our world is becoming more and more spiritually blind. So let me set up what I mean by being spiritually blind. And in a nutshell, it's when one can physically see, but they cannot see nor understand the things of God. Because they have either claimed he doesn't exist or they simply just don't care. They do not see evidence of his glory in their lives or in the world around them. In Acts 28, 26 through 27, it says, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's hearts have grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes. So here are some key Points in this verse. One, the words understand and perceive are important. The things of God, such as His Word, the Scriptures, are not understood by those who choose to ignore Him. His teachings simply do not pierce the heart like they do when somebody who is earnestly seeking God. I remember after accepting Christ into my life how the Bible suddenly sprang alive for me, I could not get enough of it. It was as if a light had been illuminated within me in my brain, which is exactly what happened. Perception is also important as those without Christ; they simply do not possess the mind of Christ in first corinthians two sixteen it says for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And then, next, when a person's heart grows dull, they have chosen to ignore the things of God. And the Greek meaning for dullness is actually from the word moros, where the word moron comes from. And I know this appears harsh, yet. This meaning is very applicable, and it's lacking a grip on reality or acting brainless when we choose to ignore God. And then thirdly, those who choose to close out God from their lives will be unable to hear or see the things He is and has done for those who are close to Him and how sad for them. So let's get to the story in John chapter 9 of the man who was born blind and it begins with Jesus who sees it says the word Jesus saw this man and in this first verse it says that Jesus saw a man who was blind since birth and i find this so telling that with the story of a blind man that Jesus saw him Jesus was always seeking out others and in this case he saw the blind man, and he used the opportunity to teach us an amazing truth about spiritual blindness. And The scripture goes on to tell us that this man had never physically been able to see because he was born that way. And the disciples asked Jesus if this man was afflicted with the blindness because of some sin from his parents. And sadly, this was a common belief in those days that Parents were being punished for some past sin if their child was born afflicted in any way. And Jesus tells them that this man was born this way in order to glorify God. Now, this had to be a strange concept in those times, and it's still difficult for many to understand today. If you have ever suffered a severe illness, injury, or loss, and you've had to lean into God during those times, then you can fully understand how God can and will use difficult situations to show us His glory. And when we share these stories about what He's doing in our lives, it's encouraging to others. So Jesus dispels the thought that the parents had done anything wrong, and next He does something that appears to be really strange. He bends down and spits into the dirt to make a mud salve that he puts on the blind man's eyes, and then he tells him to go to the pool of Salome and to wash it away. How strange this whole scene must have seemed. However, when we look really deeply into this, there are some amazing truths when you dig deeper, and we know that saliva actually contains proteins that play a role in healing. So imagine the saliva from the perfect Savior. Wow. And then, why did he mix it with dirt to create a mud salve? Well, Jesus created a salve to open the eyes of a physically blind man. And with this miracle, the salve of the mud also provided a salvation he was no longer physically nor spiritually blind oh so i took this a bit deeper and i looked into some of these words so brace yourselves because what i found blew me away and i think it will you as well so if you go into the hebrew word for salvation it's yeshua y e s H-U-A-H and if you break this down into Hebrew, this is what it looks like Yud, which means hand his hands were pierced for our transgressions and remember, we're looking at salvation as in Yeshua then the Yud is the first Y and then Sh-Shin which means front teeth which means he speaks for God, and then V, which is tent peg, to looks like a nail referring to the nail in his hands, which represents the tent's foundation. Amazing. And then a van I, which means to see God or to know God. So then the last part is he, man with arms raised, to reveal and that's pointing to the salvation is revealed through him on the cross unbelievable so salvation yeshua and jesus yeshua those two words are one letter apart and interestingly the word slave and the word salve have one letter moved which is the l when the letter l moves to the right, we now see a word that has to do with healing. It goes from slave to salve. Whoa, what? (laughs) Do you see this connection? Jesus replaces the bondage of sin with his healing touch. He is literally putting on a salve representing salvation. He is breaking the bondage of slavery with this salve of salvation. I don't know about y'all, but that just blows me away. And if you're taking notes, you might want to rewind this and write this all down and look it up yourself because it absolutely stunned me. So then I I wanted to take it a step further again and look at the word sin in Hebrew. And so sin translates to the word chata, And so you break that down in its Hebrew parts. And the first part is chat, which means outside or divided in half, which is what sin does. It divides us from God. And then the word tet, which means mud. Sin makes us dirty. And then aleph, which is God. And then heh is to reveal With man with arms raised up. So, through the law, our sin is revealed so that we may seek forgiveness from God. The man with raised arms is symbolic of Jesus's arms raised on the cross, which reveals our Savior. So, sin divides us from God and makes us dirty like mud, but through the law, we are made aware of our sin and the need for a Savior and our Savior, our Savior was revealed at the cross. So in the word sin, it has the answer of how to be forgiven by Jesus on the cross, right there in the word. So a salve then is a healing ointment. Jesus's own spittle was used to anoint this man's eyes, thus opening them. And the earth isn't that what God used to form man back in Genesis two seven? So you guys, everything that God does, He does it with a purpose. And in these verses six through eight, there is so much deeper meaning. And He tells this man to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which meant which meant sent. Jesus sent this man just as Christ had been sent from God. Unbelievable! So this dissection into the Hebrew words sheds light. Ha ha! Talking about spiritual blindness, so so much deeper. And I find studying God's word deeply like this gives us a much richer understanding of the Scriptures. And what appears to be a random act of Jesus spitting onto the dirt to make mud turned out to actually be a beautiful foretelling of Him as the savior of the world so how do how does all of this story affect us today well we know that many people are completely spiritually blind because they have either denounced christ as their savior or they simply don't know or care who he is they are completely then spiritually blind and this means they don't have the stirring the discernment or the advantage of the holy spirit and so much like a radio that's not quite tuned in, spiritual blindness is like that. We are wired to know God, but because we have a free will to accept him or not determines whether we're going to ex- to know him. So when we choose to not be tuned in to him, we will not recognize his voice, his stirrings in our soul. Or his warnings. So the result is we are spiritually blinded. And in order to see him, we must be tuned in to him. When we know his word and when we spend time with him and are, we're open to receive him is how we're going to eventually really see him. So stay tuned to the end of this show for my segment called Ask Dr. Paula because I provide some tips and tools for opening your spiritual eyes. Don't forget to head to my website at drpaulamcdonald.com and tell me who you are. There are many resources, Bible studies, and more for you to dig into that's available on this site. And my other podcast that I alluded to at the beginning is called Exhale Bible Discovery, and it is an in-depth, chapter-by-chapter study of the Word of God in this new and fresh approach where we really dig in like we did today on these words. And I would be honored to study the Word of God with you as well. So God created you to live in abundance with Him. So may you fully live today. Well, here we are on a segment of Ask Dr. Paula. And this topic of spiritual blindness is so important to each and every one of us. Even many who proclaim to be Christians have not tuned in to the power of the Holy Spirit that Christ provided to us as a gift. And when we don't tap into this amazing abundance of power, we remain spiritually blinded. So, how do you tap into this beautiful gift? That Jesus promised us. First, just seek Him earnestly, go to Him in prayer and ask Him to reveal this gift to you. He tells us in Matthew seven seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. So He tells us to reach out to Him. To ask, to seek, and to knock. And these are all actions. They're required to know Him. We have to do something on our part. We have to be willing to first ask, then to go deeper and seek Him, which means to constantly desire more of Him, and then to knock, which means to let someone know that you want to enter. So it takes work on our part in order to truly see him when we do he reveals more and more of himself and your spiritual blindness is replaced by a spiritual discernment so next you've got to remain in christ john 15:4 tells us remain in me and i will remain in you and you guys you cannot get to know someone unless you spend time with them. Jesus desires for you and I to spend time with him in order to fully know him. The rewards are great when we invest our time studying his word, spending time with him in prayer, and also in worship of him. And then finally, you've got to keep your heart and your eyes pure. When we stay kingdom-focused rather than world-focused, we are able to keep our eyes on Christ. And I love this old hymn that says this perfectly. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of old will turn strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. May your eyes remain firmly focused on Christ in order to receive his crystal clear light. And as you do this, you will never again walk in spiritual blindness. Blessings to you as you seek him earnestly and you knock at his door and you ask him to be there with you. So may you live abundantly and fully Live today. Thank you for joining me friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in an abundant connection with God.